You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 21, October 6th, 2020. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, this is Chef Robert Irvine, and you're listening to me on Tech Chef, the greatest podcast on the planet. Listen, learn, and go out and do it. Strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with a tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Tech Chef. This is your host, Skip Kimple, and I want to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this podcast, the hottest new restaurant and hospitality show out there. If you are a regular listener of this show, I think you've been anticipating this episode just as much as I have. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to talk with Chef Robert Irvine as we discussed a variety of subjects. Well, if you know anything about him, he has got to be one of the busiest people I know. Most of you know him from his restaurant network series like Dinner Impossible, Restaurant Impossible, and his most recent, Restaurant Impossible Back in Business, where he helps restaurants put systems and procedures in place to compensate for the damage that COVID-19 has caused within this industry. Through his efforts, he has given struggling restaurateurs a second chance to turn their lives and businesses around in over 200 episodes and counting. Other things you probably didn't know about him, he's got a food line, a health bar product, a clothing line, a liquor line, restaurants in Vegas, and even at the Pentagon. This guy is a machine. Speaking of being a machine, he was once named one of the 25 fittest men in America by Men's Fitness Magazine an author, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, and a huge supporter of our nation's military, I really don't know what he's going to be up to next. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Chef Robert Irvine. Robert, thank you for joining the show today. I have been a huge fan for quite a long time. You are a TV superstar, author, health fitness guru, philanthropist, you know, prior to COVID-19, I read that you were doing a ton of traveling. Your life must have changed drastically since then. Yeah, um, I used to travel. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I've done the same thing, listened, learned, and uh, been enamored in a lot of things that you've been talking about and the people you've been talking to. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, my travels, uh, my wife and I normally travel about 345 days a year prior to COVID, uh, which was about March the 12th for my, my timing, uh, we were actually in State College, Pennsylvania, when uh, COVID was uh, kind of at its full force and, and shut everybody down, you know, 190 plus countries uh, all at once. So yeah, that has changed dramatically. I sat at home for three months and um, I'm not a good singing at home type of guy. It doesn't sound like it, no. Well, you do so much. Gosh, prior to COVID-19, you were everywhere. You were doing everything. I got to ask you, you know, just in the scope of, of everything you do, what drives you, especially now? 
I think the the what drives me the most really is the the idea that we can all do a little bit more for somebody less fortunate. Um, behind everything I do, whether it be my liquor line, whether it be Fit Crunch, whether it be television, um, clothing, everything that we do has a give back component to it for my foundation, the Robert Irvine Foundation. So it's really about do as much as you can and change as many lives, however small or large you can, with the amount of time we have on this planet. Uh, and that's what drives me to get up every day. That's what drives me um, to continue to look for for different opportunities, business and personal. And, and uh, it's an exciting time when you, when you can pick up the phone or you can Zoom somebody or you can go to somebody's house or, or business and say, hey, listen, I can save you. I can change you. I can help you uh, in any one of those those descriptions there. Um, and, and it makes me sleep at night. Well, I think Restaurant Impossible series in particular really shows your heart in regards to wanting to help the industry, especially the mom and pops. And I got, you know, I was I was chuckling to myself a little bit. So a while ago, I was watching a Restaurant Revisited episode. You went to oh, Paul's yeah. Bar and Bowling and you walked in there and there was zero technology. However, at the end of the day, they actually reverted to the fact that they didn't need technology, for instance, on the bowling lanes. So technology isn't solved for everything, but gosh, technology can really help people in the restaurant business. Well, well, I will tell you, and, and you know, we're talking about a, a, a tech chef podcast here, which is kind of interesting to me because I'm all about technology. I truly believe that, um, especially in Paul's Bar and Bowling, which recently has just been sold, it's going to be demolished into a... a um, Six years after I did the show there, the first show, um, into a, a group of housing flats or something. Um, but anyway, uh, I, the bowling alley was built pre-prohibition. There was no, you know, they used um, an abacus to count money, and that's a very true story. And, and I don't know if you know this, but I work with Comcast, um, and I have done for the last eight or nine years, talking about technology to small business, mom and pop, whether it be restaurant, whether it be fuel station, and also CIOs of major companies. So technology has always been in my kind of my, my blood uh, with the restaurant. And we, we actually put iPads, we put internet, earthernet, um, a point of sale system, all things that would make his business better. And obviously from a failing business of 300 plus thousand dollars and bills out the yin yang um he's closing this or next week or the week after after six extra years of business and paid off all his bills so obviously you know restaurant impossible works itself but but having put technology in there allowed him to order better um understand his numbers what he sold etc etc so yes technology especially in in um i'm saying post-covid now but even though we're still in it um, whether whether you're you're pre post or in it COVID, uh, technology is is a helpful tool to help you save your business. Well, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, uh, with Restaurant Impossible, it actually watching those shows, it amazes me that people don't know their business. COVID aside, food costs, prep work, food safety, and cleanliness break even numbers even to open the doors. They don't understand that. And I think that's what really what you bring to the forefront, helping these businesses uh, to, to recover. They need to understand what their business is. 
And it's fascinating when I watch this, just the fact that I've personally seen failing restaurants due to these facts. And if they had you in their life, they probably would have survived. Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I have to say to this, Jeff, it, it's not only restaurants and it's not mom and pops either. It's major Fortune 500 companies. And you'll be shocked to hear that. But it's the truth. I deal with companies across the board that can't answer those questions, whether, you know, whether you have a 25-seat restaurant or diner or a $350 you know, million dollar company or almost a billion dollars. So it, it, it scales up no matter where you are. The businesses have the same issues. And it normally is as you grow your business, you know, you forget the simple things like money and tracking and supplies and, and inventories and, and all those kind of things because we're so busy trying to think of, of other things. And that's not just restaurants. But yeah, the majority of businesses, and we've done 200 and I think 30 something restaurants um, of Restaurant Impossible, and then another oof, revisits and, and uh, back to business, probably another 40 or 50. Um, and it's amazing. The biggest debt I've had in a Restaurant Impossible is $1.1 million in a little place called Off Street Cafe in California, in a mall or a kind of a, an open mall, if it were, you know, you could drive up to it, but in a, in a, in a mall. And now they do $3.4 million a year up, up until pre-COVID, um, having paid off that $1.1 million in eight years. So obviously education and, and what we do works if you listen. And you've got to be able to listen and be able to change your thought process. If you can't, you'll go out of business really quick, no matter what type of business you're in. And obviously there are the businesses that are so stuck on their ways that eventually they fail due to the fact that you walked in there, you changed their lives, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, they really can't get out of their habits. Yeah, they can't get out, they can't get out their own way. Now, since COVID started, obviously you couldn't sit still. So you've done a remake of Restaurant Impossible and you've created the Restaurant Impossible back in business. And this is all about getting businesses, your restaurant family, pretty much, these are restaurants you've helped in the past, helping them overcome COVID-19 situations. Obviously, you've had to scale back your crew. How difficult has this been from a production value? Well, I will tell you, number one, we were the first, um, first production of any type um, back on the road, uh, thanks to Courtney White Discovery and Food Network. Um, I have to tell you, I was sitting at my beautiful home where I am right now, um, and I would get Zoom calls and calls and and hundreds of emails uh, asking for help. And I got to tell you, I've never felt so useless in my life. Um, having knowledge and, and the technology knowledge and all the things that I know and having to sit at home like everybody else um, to sit out COVID. Uh, very tough, but I, I managed to get hold of Courtney and say, hey, listen, we should be doing some of these people are never going to survive if we don't do something. So number one, um, getting two buses and six people on each bus, uh, all to, to Florida, first and foremost, to quarantine, then to do co uh, coronavirus tests, then to get on a bus and travel um, for three weeks at a time, and we're back out on the road tomorrow for four weeks, um, was, was in interesting because now where we normally fly and, and stay in hotels and, and you know, do the show, here we are now um, on a bus traveling, no volunteers, no, no, no construction people. 
Uh, I've got uh, myself, no designers, uh, no, no construction, as I just said, but with camera guys and sound guys and a couple of producers and trying to go into a place that had probably had anywhere from a, a 40 to 80% swing in business after upward business, I would say, after I'd been there the first time. And now I'm going in to see, okay, hey, how do we reopen them? How do we find other sources of revenue? Because different states, different counties had different ideas of what coronavirus is. And, and even to that day, thanks to the NRA and, and Tom Benet and, and that whole team, at least we've got some idea now of what to do and, and, and how to do it. But in the beginning, nobody had a clue. So um, that was the, the difficult part. How do I take a restaurant that was thriving and now they can't use their bar or now they can't use, you know, 25 or 50 or 100 percent of their, their dining facility and uh, no dining in, no dining out, no at the bar. So all these different combinations of, of things happening against what we would normally do. How do we find a new revenue stream to to change that and bring back the money, bring back the, the customer confidence to come back to a restaurant? So a whole lot of. Uh, negatives and not many positives, but uh, we did it. I think a lot of it came down to a lack of understanding of the rules in every location. Gosh, we had people dedicated within our company and it was, it took constant effort to make sure we stayed on top of the rules and regulations. So it's hard to expect an individual, a small company to be able to stay on top of that and manage that. So I think what you did from what I've seen is really bring that to light to the restaurant say, hey, here's what you can do and here's how to overcome it. And there are some technology aspects. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of technology, probably more so in any of your other episodes I've seen you introduce from online ordering to apps to, um, you know, wait, digital waiting lines, et cetera. How has technology played into this reopening of your restaurants and educating these people that you're talking to? Well, it's funny because a lot of people are fighting technology. You know this yourself. Um, mom and pop restaurants feel, um, and I'm using a broad line um, description here, but feel that they don't need technology because, you know, they've done it this way for years. And, you know, my dad and his dad and, and so on and so on. Uh, and what COVID-19 has done has really brought technology to the forefront, whether we like it or not. You know, um, cashless systems, um, because we don't want to touch credit cards or, or we uh, the, the texting, you know, you can phone in your order or you can email your order. And then when you get here, text this number and uh, we'll tell you when you can either come in, pick it up or we'll bring it to your curbside and so on and so on. You know, and, and there are so many inventory control systems now. So I think it was forced upon people that didn't really want to use it simply because they were scared or they thought that technology was going to break their bank. Now look at how many restaurants and businesses in general have had to pivot and use technology to stay alive. And I would say 97.8, of technology uh, of companies have had to bring in technology to survive. And I'm a huge advocate. The companies that have continued to invest in technology through this time are the ones that are going to thrive and survive. I think that um, they, they're doing certain things. For instance, online ordering, their app, if they already had a system, they're enhancing it. QR code menus, simple thing for people to do, zero to low cost. 
Um, also, keeping your restaurant safe, keeping your team members safe from a food safety perspective with your cleaning protocols. Obviously, you know, a big piece that restaurants forget about is sharing those practices with the public. Now, quite interestingly enough, I noticed you partnered up with a team and created a company called Virus Safe Pro or a product called Virus Safe Pro. Tell me a little bit about how this solves for that particular problem. Well, it, it goes into, into what we do on a general basis. How do we clean? How do we do this? And you mentioned something really important there, um, a QR code, right? So QR code menus. Well, um, as a customer, the biggest thing we have lost since COVID-19 is trust, trust in everything. Um, and what I wanted to do is make sure that we brought the trust back because in the military, we have something called a duty of care. That means we have to make sure that we keep you safe no matter what. And that duty of care is really important, especially more so now than ever before. So I partnered up with a, a company called Workmark, and now we've partnered with the National Restaurant Association. Um, it was originally called Virus Safe Pro. It will change its name um, on October 1. You'll hear about it. It would be a big announcement. But basically what it does is a, a, an app-based application that is a health um, checklist and, and, and um, verification. Hence, we put a verified uh, tick or, or sticker on the window. And then any person, any consumer can use their, their smartphone to click on the QR code and see exactly what was done in that restaurant in the 24, 48, you know, however many day period that the owner wants to use. Uh, or show them what does what that does is mitigate and it doesn't clean everything up for sure but it mitigates me saying to you uh, which was a big fear that i got coronavirus in your restaurant and i'm going to sue you well these are the protocols and systems and checks that i put in place that are verified and on a desktop back for two years or however long you know you want to keep them um and forever maybe but it then gives me a peace of mind as a customer or consumer that you've done the jobs that you're saying you're doing. It also gives me as a, an owner the peace of mind that I've, I've actually done what I'm saying I'm doing. And by the way, I've mitigated my risk about you suing me. Will it, will it be 100%? No. But it's definitely 98 for sure. And another thing that is, and I truly believe that technology is going to go one step further. And you can mark this date, Skip, because... At some point, we're going to have cameras in the kitchen, we're going to have cameras in the restaurant, and that QR code in our windows and our QR code for our menus is going to show you what we're doing in our kitchens, what we're doing in our bars behind the, behind the scenes, because the consumer is asking for it. Otherwise, we're not coming back. 11 million people are still out of work. And, and regardless of whether they say, oh, you know, we had 10.1.8, you know, however many people come to work, 64% of restaurants in New York City are on the verge of closing right now for good. So obviously there are a lot of things that need to happen from a government standpoint um, to bail out the restaurant and hospitality industry to make sure that, that, that we can survive this COVID-19 because it's not going away. It's going to be a new way of life, maybe slightly different, to, you know, next year as it is today, but it will be here just like influenza. Now, with this product, you know, I did a little bit of research. Is there actionable reporting to back up the data that's actually being entered into it? Maybe we can go in a little more detail in regards to really what are they doing to 
with this product to help solve for the uh, food safety issue? So, for example, it, you know, it, it, it starts from we can add supply chain. Obviously, the supply chain is the biggest problem we have right now. It really is. Okay, what are we getting and how are we getting food from point A to point P? What are we doing when it lands at our, our location and how are we handling it before the guest receives it? So that's one place. The next place is um, refrigeration temperatures um, of refrigerators and freezers, um, food temps. And again, this is all goes into the HACCP kind of, which we've had for years, you know, hazardous, hazardous con- um, and critical control points. You know, is it hot enough? Is it cold enough? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, when I walk into my restaurant and I use, uh, and, and me being the, the user of this application, all I have to do, when you sign up for VirusSafe Pro, there is a set of systems and protocols that you have, standing operating procedures that we put into your personalized VirusSafe Pro. So if I'm looking at Yum Brands or McDonald's or, um, you know, Burger King, um, their protocols are completely different, or the QSRs are completely different to mom and pop uh, Robert Irvine restaurant, right? So I'm taking your personal uh, rules and procedures, putting them into a standing operating procedure into a phone, and it's a yes or no answer. It doesn't get any more simple than that. But when you are, here's an example that, that Skip is smoking on the loading dock when he should have been cleaning the refrigerator, and you press that you clean the refrigerator at 10.07, that's funny because your geotag of your phone is on the loading dock. So how can you be in two places at once? Now, that's easy. I can find you. I can see where you are. I can see what you've done. But there's also a space in that in that that work, that job that I'm asking you to do that says, well, I didn't have a broom. I didn't have um, soap and, and water. I didn't have this. So you can type that in. It goes directly to the manager. It comes up as a red flag. You haven't done that that procedure. Now, the manager's job is to make sure that why haven't you done that procedure? And it's, it's logged and dated and signed just like everything else. Checks it when you've done it. You can uh, you can verify that you've done it after you've got your equipment, et cetera, et cetera, and move on to the next thing. Um, so then at the end of each shift, it goes onto your desktop. And you can literally go back days, weeks, hours, minutes to see if it's been done. Uh, and there is no system. And I can tell you there is no system. I don't care who you are, what you are, when you are, whether it be Ecolab, McDonald's, that, that actually does. This is the first um product that actually does this so i do not understand why why local governments and authorities are not and again i would give it give them the product it's not about selling a product it's about selling a peace of mind or giving a peace of mind to people not only employees but customers the same you know our employees are just as important as the customers and and we tend to forget that uh, as business owners, uh, and this tool takes care of both. So I have to ask you, knowing your audience, you know, when you go out to your restaurants, is this a complicated product to use or an expensive product to use? I know you just talked about giving well, it away. First of, all, first of all, I'm going to answer you the first one. Is it technical? Is it so intense? If you can't answer yes or no or press a yes or no button, there's an issue. No, it's not technical because that's all it is. Yes or no. And we all, it's funny, we text. If you don't have a bottle of water or you don't have a bottle of soap, 
you can, there's a space for you to type just like you would text your mom or dad or your girlfriend or boyfriend or sister or brother. Um, that's as simple as it is. It doesn't get any more difficult than that. And here's the funny part. When you leave that, that company or you get fired or you move on or whatever it is you do, the app is, is null and void to you. It doesn't make any difference. Um, is it expensive? No. Pennies. And depending, there's a scale, depending whether you're mom and pop or, the, or you're a bigger company and how many people use that, that system in your restaurant. Um, so, no, it's, it's pennies. And believe me, pennies as opposed to millions uh, is a lot better when you're trying to say, well, you didn't get sick in my restaurant. It's a peace of mind and a, a duty of care that, that I take very personally because I want, and, and in my restaurant in Vegas, and it's still closed, by the way, not through my choice, but through the, the local folks, uh, local government. But here's the thing. I want you to come into my restaurant. I want you to come into my kitchen. I want you to walk into my refrigerators. And I said that, and I do that from day one when we opened my restaurants. In the Pentagon, the same day, you can walk into my refrigeration. You can, you can actually make your dessert yourself in my restaurants. Why? Because I don't want to be the guy on TV telling you that you're not doing this correct. And then you can't walk into my restaurant and see exactly what I'm telling you on TV. You seem to have created a product that solves for a lot of things out there. And I know you mentioned earlier that you created this with some fellow military veteran entrepreneurs, which kind of leads me into the Robert Irvine Foundation, which you had mentioned at the top of the show. Let's talk about your foundation for a second. Now, this is something that's near and dear to my heart as these are the people that are really helping us. They're the heroes of our country, keep us safe, and really makes us who we are through their efforts. It allows us to have the freedoms that we do. So tell us about the mission of the Robert Irvine Foundation. Well, first of all, I just, I just touched on the, on the group of veterans that, that I partnered with. Uh, and they're all from, uh, we got a SEAL team, a couple of SEAL team guys, uh, a lot of Army guys and Navy guys. And Patrick Murphy, the old undersecretary of the Army under the Obama administration, um, is one of my partners in that, in that business. Um, again, politics, no politics in this at all. It's just, uh, it, it's, they're great people doing great jobs. And just like our heroes, and I call them heroes that are active duty men and women and their families. And now we have a whole new bunch of heroes, right? We have, we have garbage men. We have um, uh, supermarket uh, guys and girls who fill and stock shelves. We have, we have doctors, we have nurses, all those frontline employees, the firefighters, the police officers. So they're, they're, they're our heroes. And some of the heroes that we would never even acknowledge before uh, COVID-19. So it's a big shout out to all those that have kept us safe and doing, doing work uh, on the front line that nobody wanted to do during COVID-19. So, um, yeah, the foundation is, is something very close to me. Uh, I would say I was in the military in England. Uh, for many, many years. And when I came to the States, um, I worked for the military. I still work with the military about 150 days a year. And for me, it's a big part of how do we take care of, how do we take care of these men and women that have somehow fallen through the cracks of um, government bodies. So the foundation was formed six years ago. Um, I work very closely with TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, Gold Star Families. I work with USO uh, Inc., USO Metro, and USO is all around um, the country. And we, we provide a, numer a, a number, I'm sorry, a number of, of things. So we buy dogs as puppies. We train them for a year in Florida, Tampa, Florida. 
you give them to post-traumatic stress um, guys and girls who need that um, for not only seen injuries, but also un unseen injuries. Um, we send a lot of people, we send 50 people a year to Vegas um, families um, for a week at my restaurant and, and we take care of them in a hotel and, and um, have time together to, to grieve and meet with other families. Um, we do dinners across the globe, literally. Um, we build homes with Gary Sinise um, for severely handicapped warriors. We buy wheelchairs. Um, um, in fact, um, we're about to do a, another great uh, Dean Kamen. Uh, you've probably heard of Dean Kamen, who uh, the great inventor that um, he's come up with some amazing um, alternatives to wheelchairs. And we're, we're uh, partnering with him to give a lot of them away in the next uh, couple of years. Uh, that, you know, one of the biggest things that, that folks in wheelchairs have to deal with is people bending down and, 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 and trying to talk to them. Um, it's, it makes them feel bad. Um, so now Dean has the iBot that you can actually stand up um, like a, like a, um, a normal uh, human being and, and talk face to face with somebody. Uh, so we're about to do a big thing with that in the next couple of weeks, actually, which is, I'm very excited about. We do Skyball every year. We partner with American Airlines to travel uh, 12,000 folks from around the country to Dallas, uh, to Dallas every year. Obviously, this year, again, uh, it won't happen because um, the airline stuff. But, um, you know, we'd have uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'd, we'd have a barbecue for 7,000 uh, caregivers and families. Then we'd have a sit-down dinner, full dress uniform for for uh, three thousand on a Saturday night, and uh, so all those kind of things the foundation does uh, to make life a little bit easier, not only for our, for our men and women who wear the cloth over nation and their families, but also first responders. Um, we we have done some work with some kids with cancer, um, which is very meaningful personally to me. Um, so th there's an awful lot that goes on. I have an amazing director. Um, who does that, uh, and a team of folks there. So that's continually growing and, and doing great things. During COVID-19, the beginning of COVID-19, we pivoted all our businesses. Um, if I look at Boardroom Spirits, instead of making vodka, we turned to sanitizer, and we were the first ones to do that. Before any other company, we started to make sanitizer and give, and I would say that word, give the sanitizer away, if you showed up with a with a container, we would give you uh, four to six ounces a day. We also, in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, gave to um, National Guard, firefighters, police officers, and hospitals. Then our Fit Crunch gave over 62,000 um, bars and, and protein uh, powders away to frontline doctors, nurses, um, so snacks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we, we just try and do the right things. Well, thank you so much for what you are doing for our American heroes. But I will tell you, first of all, thank you, Skip. It's, it's, a, it's a passion for me that, that we just help, and, and obviously every penny helps. Um, what's exciting right now, uh, Fit Crunch brand is just launched a couple of weeks ago for teachers. Um, you nominate a teacher and we'll send snack bars and, and whatnot to the teachers. Uh, to help them through this. this uh, so we've done first responders and, and military and frontline workers. Now we're doing teachers. So I think um, every little helps. 
and uh, we just take care of those folks. Well, we are running out of time. I would love to talk to you all day long. And I think that our listeners would love to hear from you as well. But I know you are a busy man on a schedule. So let me ask you one last question. If there's a restaurant out there or a business that's really struggling with the concept of staying open right now, what advice would you give them? I I would honestly say this. Number one, if you really wholeheartedly want to fight for your business, and some people don't, but if you want to fight for it, the number one thing you have to do is talk to your lender, your mortgage broker, whoever it is that, that owns the building, to take the months of rent that you owe and tack it onto the back end uh, of your, uh, your, your mortgage or, or your rental period. Um, pivot. I don't care what you've got. Take as much as you can from a credit card and pivot. And listen to your guests. Listen to what they're asking for. Um, If you used to make pizza before and they want roast chicken, then give them roast chicken. Whatever it takes to keep the doors open to get through the next couple of months, because I truly believe that it will get better. We will get assistance from the government at some point. You just got to hang on and keep fighting. We just need to stick together and work hard. And one thing that the show is doing, Restaurant Impossible, um, is showing you the steps to take to be successful. No matter what it takes, do it. Robert, thank you for taking the time to spend some of your precious moments with us today. Please keep up the amazing work that you've done and keep fighting the good fight for all of us. Skip, I will say the same thing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep having great people um, with interesting uh, perspectives of how to get through this, but also when this is over, how do we pick up the pieces and build those businesses back to what they were pre-COVID? Giving hope and structure and faith to all those men and women that run our restaurant business. America was run on mom and pop and, of course, chain restaurants. I get it. But moms and pops are suffering right now just like every other restaurant. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. I sincerely hope you enjoyed that talk with Chef Irvine. What a caring individual and an inspiration to us all. I hope all of you were able to walk away with something that will impact you moving forward. If you would like to contact me, just reach out to at Skip Kimple on all things social. You can also read more about Chef Robert Irvine in the show notes at skipkimple.com. Just one quick announcement before closing out the show. Next week... October 12th and 13th is Restaurant Next, which is a spectacular online event that has a very impressive list of content and speakers. For more information and to sign up for free, if you are a restaurant operator, please visit events.ensembleiq.com forward slash restaurant next. Now, because of that, I will be doing a special two-day podcast, and those will be published on Tuesday and Wednesday. I will be recapping the day's events as I know you don't want to miss out on any of the great content. Well, I'm going to leave it there as I have lots to do and lots to plan for. And of course, continue to work on great content and getting amazing guests for you. Have anybody in mind you'd like to hear on the show? Well, just drop me a note and I will see what I can do to get them on. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, And stay hungry, my friends.